0: episode number 62 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, we are recording April the 5th, 2020. My name is Eric. I'm the host of the show. I'm based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. Uh, as a first responder, I've witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and be able to look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer.
1: Well, my name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, a sports shooter, and my farm's designated handyman.
2: I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. And I'm Hughes from Nova
3: Scotia. I'm a Canadian Armed Forces veteran, volunteer firefighter, and station chief, and volunteer search and rescue technician and prepper. I've been preaching and living the prepper lifestyle to varying degrees for the last six years or so.
4: My name is Tyler. I live in northwest Wisconsin. Besides prepping, I'm also into homesteading, metalworking, engines, guns, and the great outdoors. And that's Colin. He lives in Pembroke. He's an outdoor enthusiast,
2: (laughs) sports shooter, hunter, reloader, welder, 21 plus year military veteran, veterans advocate. He also teaches new uh, shooters and coaches at the range. Thanks. And if you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper podcast on the air, buy a Canadian Prepper podcast t-shirt at
4: www.rapidsurvival.com. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. We want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's a topic you want us, you want us to cover, you can email us at the show, uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca.
0: All right, so we've got some uh, portable content for you in this episode. Uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news. Then we're going to move into how we've uh, improved our preparedness since the last episode. We'll get into the main topic, and uh, what is in our pockets for everyday carry.
2: Let's move into some news articles.
1: All right, I think Alan, you had something?
2: Uh, I skipped out on this entirely. I got, uh, too involved in the, um, um, in the, the AV portion of my show notes today.
1: <laughs> show and tell is good. Um, okay. So for myself, a couple of, uh, stories from the local events that are happening right now, wolves and intruders. So, um, because most of this forestry has been shut down, not just because of the uh, COVID-19 thing, but also because of the uh, the economy. They actually had a U.S. forestry company buy our, our local forestry company. And all the, the, the doggies has been cut down and pretty much shut down completely, I guess, for about two months now. And uh, so for the first time in the seven years we've lived here, the, the older daughter was out walking the dogs and heard wolves for the first time. And there's no coyotes on the island. And the wolves are normally restricted to just the spine, like the mountain tops. But they've come down and uh, they're actually getting close, which is kind of nice. It's actually a nice change. It's uh, maybe a little bit of nature regaining things. So it's kind of nice to see. Uh, Speaking of predators, though, we also have the intruders. Uh, So uh, myself, I've had a guy get chased off the property in the middle of the night by the guard dog who was uh, sporting a flashlight and I don't know what else. But uh, he got pushed over the fence by the dog. And then, uh, one of my local, uh, prepper friends here, he actually had a guy try and uh, bust down the front gate, uh, on the, I guess, ostensibly he was checking his headlights, but I think in reality he was checking to see what he could steal. So we've already had some, um, uh, I guess people getting bolder with the, uh, the times the way they are. So yeah, just, uh, some changes going on for sure. Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as news and stories go, though, uh, we had some, uh, I put a couple of news articles in there as well. So BC Ferries, of course, uh, links the island to the mainland. It's pretty much a, uh, a lifeline for, you know, everything from fuel supplies, groceries, obviously, passenger traffic, tourist traffic. So they've stopped uh, out of Horseshoe Bay completely, which is the north uh, northern route to the island. Um, it went down from like, I think it's about eight or nine sailings a day down to zero. And the other one, which is called uh, Tawassin to, to Duke Point, they are down to four a day, uh, which is normally around eight or nine as well. So uh, definitely some clawback on the logistical aspect of the item. So that could be a problem down the road too. Mm,
0: times are changing quickly.
1: Yeah. That's pretty much all I had though.
0: So I've got, uh, I've got a couple of news articles here. One is from the Globe and Mail, just in regards to uh, the prime minister says Canadian forces are on standby and ready to assist the provinces. So I know that's caused... Uh, some people to say, yay, that's good, and some people to completely lose their minds and put the tinfoil hats on. Um, personally, I think it's going to be something that's going to help us out versus not, but I guess we'll find out when we get there. Uh, and another article here from Global News, and it says, yes, you should have a, a coronavirus emergency kit. Um, and then here's what it should include. I uh, read it over, I got a little chuckle because it's basically everything we've said you should have prior to corona. Um, but they're just spinning it. So shocking, the, the media is spinning things. And well, hey, at least they're putting the information out there still.
1: They could just go to the coronavirus word and just put emergency yeah. kit.
0: Yeah, it should just read, yes, you should have an emergency kit and here's what to include. Um, but uh, at least the, the word is, is starting to get out there now and people are starting to kind of wake up and realize that they should be a little bit more prepared than they they have been. So that's good to see at least. Maybe a little bit yeah. too late, but. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, I didn't have any specific articles uh, to link to, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, The CDC now recommends wearing face um, or wearing cloth face coverings in public settings um, where social distancing is hard to maintain, like grocery stores and pharmacies. Um, Case numbers here in the United States continue to surge, and officials are warning that these upcoming, more specifically this upcoming week, but the upcoming two weeks are going to be the worst of the outbreak. Um, so stay isolated if possible. Only go out when necessary, and uh, just to update as we record here. The U.S. has roughly three hundred thirty-six thousand confirmed cases and just shy of ten thousand deaths. So, wow, I find it
2: really surprising. surprising that the yeah. U.S., with its comparatively low population and population density, has mm-hmm. that many more cases than China. I find that really, really surprising. Mm.
4: It surprises me as well. Yep, it makes me wonder. If what we got out of China was true, which is overwhelmingly, <laughs> or over, overwhelmingly starting to seem like it's not, and uh, yeah, it certainly seems like the cases are really exploding here in the states, which is unfortunate. But uh,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly like this. reporting.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's certainly part of the equation. But, yeah.
0: All right. All right. So we move into what
4: we've done lately for preps.
5: Uh, well, Hughes uh, or uh, Colony Guard, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, actually oh. since last time we talked, um done a lot of preps. I've done some pickling, pickled eggs, uh pickled radishes, just anything that you can pickle, I've been pickling it. Um nice. made uh, about a liter of hand sanitizer. This is a little bit of a different mix though. Um you can, I found a bottle of isopropyl at home 95%, so I mixed that with uh, a liter of that with 40 milliliters of glycerin and I made a spray and added some essential oil. So it leaves your hands smelling like oranges. Works really great too. Actually, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, what else do we do? I did a ton of reloading, changed the water in the hot tub, and uh, I've just been freezing and, and uh, more shopping, just stocking up little by little on things I need. That's all.
3: Yeah, for myself, um, I have uh, I now have a lot of time on my hands around my house. Um, I'm still gain, gainfully employed, but um, so I've done things like uh, similar, similar to Colin. I made my own hand sanitizer. Um, I do have some commercial stuff that I'm kind of keeping in a stockpile. I uh, made my own with uh, some iso, some ethyl alcohol, actually, that I made and some aloe vera gel, um, just with a two-to-one uh, concentration there. Um, as well as just stuff around the property, um, getting the vehicles ready for summer uh, because, you know, getting the winter tires off and all kinds kind of stuff. So not necessarily preps, but um, I think I did so much work leading up to this point for the last three months. Not saying that there's nothing that I can do, but I'm kind of just in a sit and wait type uh, scenario now. So, uh, but yeah, that's what I did for the last week or so.
0: All right. For myself, been out uh, out and about for work, um, so just continued to uh, use the dec- decontamination protocol that uh, we put in place prior. Um, got the seeds for the garden started, so they are sitting downstairs now in the living room by the uh, by the window, all in different cups and labeled and ready to ready to go. Uh, started planning out our backyard as well and kind of implementing some further security. Uh, we've got a new subdivision going in behind us. So we used to be out uh, out in the edge of town, out kind of in the boonies and uh, well, not anymore. There's a new whole new subdivision coming in behind us. So it's time to reevaluate what used to be just forest in behind us is now houses. So it's time to reevaluate kind of access points to the backyard because there was a, like a half fence back there right now. And well, with lots more foot traffic and people and stuff moving in behind, we're going to look at ways to properly secure the uh, last little bit of the property. Uh, got the lawn tractor up and running it's uh, my main workhorse here between spring to fall just to the edge of winter um, so got it out of storage and fired up and it uh, it started so did a little happy dance and I'll do the oil change and all that fun stuff probably next weekend when I'm off so that was it
1: right on of uh, course you know, ever notice that anything breaks only on like Sunday afternoons Christmas day or like during pandemics yes. oh, yeah Yeah, Yeah, so, of course, my hot water tank blew out uh, when nothing's open. (laughs) So I uh, ended up going to Home Depot, and they did did actually have some social distancing measures in place and stuff. They were actually open in limited hours. So I was able to pick up a hot water heater. uh, With the help of a couple of friends there, I was able to uh, get it up to the point where we were ready to get it in the closet where the old hot water heater was, and we found it didn't fit. So, Uh,
0: (laughs) of course. (laughs)
1: Even though we, it was the same height, same everything else, but it's just about an inch and a half too wide. So uh, that was mm-hmm. with the baseboard off and everything. So I had to go back for a second run to Home Depot, uh, change out water heaters, and, of course, trying to return stuff right now is a bit of an adventure. Um, yeah, so we finally got that in, but no hot water during a time like this is probably not a good idea when everybody's already like under cabin fever mode. So that was kind of a critical thing.
0: Now everyone's washing their hands.
1: Yeah. And you need uh, hot water. <laughs> yeah, and plus their you know, tempers are flaring and everything else. So um, oh, I, yeah. went, I went out and did a Costco vid run, as uh, we like to call it now. So uh, the Costco vid station here was, uh, again, uh, good measures in place. They had some plexiglass up, you know, social distancing on the lineups, limited people in the store, and there were some shortages, but there was toilet paper this time, and uh, we didn't need any, but, uh, you know, it's, it's there now. So let's see here. I went to so the… everyone
0: calm down? Is that what you're saying?
1: Everybody can just chill out on the toilet paper thing. <laughs> Turns out it's made in Canada. So, hey. Oh, shocking. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I went to the range uh, after the RCMP had been there for two days in a row and was expecting to, you know, have a, a brass extravaganza. Unfortunately, this is the first time it's ever happened, but a guy beat me to it. I was there by like nine in the morning the next day and uh, somebody got in there at like seven or eight and cleaned oh. it out. So, I guess it's high demand again. So, mm. anyway, I failed on my middle brass grounding trip this week. Uh, I assembled a new long-distance target rifle that the guys on the Patriot podcast have decided to uh, name the darkness Because it's uh, all black straight across Nice So we'll be hearing more about the darkness over the summer. Hopefully if we can get out shooting uh, Let's see here the wife and the kid came home from Japan So they were stuck over there for a little while uh, Well, not really stuck. They were on a trip And they came back uh, despite the place getting oversold and everything else They managed to sneak onto one and uh, they're just finishing up the self-isolation now uh it was interesting trying to maintain them self-isolation and me doing my thing and you know you gotta be just put a Berlin wall down the house and call it a day. Uh see here. We organized some pantries, so we cleaned out, rotated all the stock to make sure we're using up old stock first, because we're really not going out at all if we can help it. Uh because of that incident with the guy with the flashlight there with the guard dog instead of sleeping in the shed, now he's outside again twenty-four seven and uh he's he's taken right to it again. He chases away random stuff during the night um reloaded a bunch burnt more underbrush i uh, i think i put a picture up on the facebook page where i chop sawed like two metric tons of uh, kindling there it was crazy uh, all the spare branches we had from chopping down trees and that'll keep us good for the next few years uh i mentioned the bc ferries thing but uh, also work i i work at the airport and talk about a ghost town i've never seen airports that empty before i took pictures I don't think I posted them up yet, but I will on the Facebook page. But uh, yeah, you basically shoot a cannon down the aisle in the airport. There's just nothing there. It's uh, it's crazy. So and we're, it's like nine eleven was only three days long of no flying, and and now there's uh, we've been what three weeks now. So it's gonna have some impacts and see. So but myself, I had to go to work, so I killed off about uh, three or four days of that last week and I had to finish off my taxes in order to get some money back and did a file purge, like a paper file purge just to clean stuff up in the closet, get a little organized, make use of the time at home. So that was it.
0: Good to hear you have underachieved again this week.
1: Right? Fair enough.
0: <laughs> like you said, we're going to start reserving a couple of pages for you in the show notes. Each <laughs> well, week.
1: it's like Trevor Furlot with the, uh, what did you do in guns this week on Slamfire? He takes over 45 minutes. So I still, I mean, I can a ways to go. <laughs>
2: Well, by comparison, I did absolutely nothing. Uh, broke some, uh, broke some branches down into kindling, not unlike Ian. Um, went for a while with the uh, with the bow saw just to get the summer muscles going again. Um, did that until my hand started cramping, and then switched to the uh, switched to the sawzall because why not? Um, tested a few toys. Uh, got some. Uh, Got some uh, some good stuff happening around the property. Uh, made a trip into the city to stock up the uh, the fridge and pantry for some family, but mostly tried to stay home out of trouble. Um, did complete a uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security incident management course. So they've got about fifteen different levels of uh, um, incident management that they uh, that's all online and all free and easy access. So uh, finished level two hundred. So I went to one. I started at one hundred, finished level two hundred, moving up. Uh, Maybe by the end of this whole thing, I'll be uh, I'll be ready to go work for uh, Homeland. Um, other than that, I've been uh, not doing a whole lot of anything, just uh, kind of playing with uh, playing with my toys and cleaning and organizing.
4: Nice. Uh, for myself, similar to Ian's water heater story, I uh, had the kitchen sink actually come separated from the underside of my counter, so uh, fixed that. Um as weather here in Wisconsin turns from winter to spring, I'm getting some short windows of nice weather to get outside. Um so I took advantage of that this week, uh restacked the wood pile, cleaned out the woodshed, um, dropped a large pine tree in the backyard, uh trimmed about twenty other pine trees on the property, uh cleared out all of my flower and garden beds, uh did quite a, quite a bit of leaf blowing, picked up tons of leaves, added those to the compost, uh went around the yard, picked up all the stack sticks and the branches from uh, over the winter. I went down to the end of the driveway with the skid loader and kind of redid down there and then graded the whole driveway. Uh, With the change of the seasons, I also went through my get home home bag and uh, updated a few things. And I made this nifty little uh, inventory card, which just kind of lays out everything I've got inside my bag. Um, And then as the uh, winter weather kind of came back on Friday, we got two days of snow there. Um, So I spent some time inside uh, cleaning the house, disinfecting and then uh, doing some vehicle maintenance, mostly just washing the spring mud off. And then the nice weather returned today, so I took a nice nature hike down by the river, uh, foraging for some mushrooms, specifically, specifically looking for chaga mushrooms.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. What do we uh, move into the main topic?
1: Who wants to dump their pockets out first? I think uh, Alan or Chad, I think Alan probably did the, uh, the most effort for this one. Let's let uh, him kick it off.
2: Sure. Uh, if you're able to show my screen there, I actually took everything out of my car and laid it all out on the tarp that lives in my car. So in my pockets, I, have a, I carry very little. You know, car key that has a little pouch with, uh, with a pair of nitrile gloves. Uh, I keep a Zippo with me, a small um, Gerber folding knife that I got at Bass Pro a couple of weeks ago, and a Coastal Fire Pen Light. Nothing nothing extravagant. I um, have my phone, which has a million books and apps, and uh, maps.me is uh, probably one of my favorites because I have everything offline, um, and I just don't leave the house without without that stuff in my pocket. It doesn't really matter where I'm going. Uh, if I'm going to the beach, I put it in a bag and take it with me. Uh, my car has a lot more equipment in it because typically when I leave the house, it's, it's with my car. Um, so... It, in the picture you can see a tarp there it's about six by twelve i've never actually measured it but it's it's about that um in the middle there somewhere is about a hundred feet of paracord and a couple of tent stakes uh in the front in kind of the club the the cab there's a the center console there's a, a pouch there so i've got a pair of hatch gloves so those are um, slash and slash resistant um pair of hatch gloves that just kind of keep my hands safe whenever i'm whenever i've got a you know, handle things, especially sharp edges like broken glass or uh, metal. Uh, I've got a window breaker, seatbelt cutter. I've got actually got like four or five of them throughout my car because people keep giving them to me. Um, but the uh, the rescue me tool, uh, it's, it's tiny. It's you know the size of a car key, and is uh, is an absolutely fantastic, uh, absolutely fantastic thing to keep around. It's the Best ten bucks you can spend to keep to get yourself out of trouble. Uh, I have a small mesh bag um, that has a couple of larger folding knives, uh, sharpener a um, magnesium fire starter. I keep a little bit lighter in there, 50 feet of paracord, a small bottle of Purell. Um, Always have a pill bottle with um, Vaseline soaked cotton balls in it and wrap that in about 10 feet of duct tape because if you don't have duct tape, you're doing it wrong. Um, In my center console, again, I have a baggie of napkins and a baggie of condiments and plastic utensils from my drive-thru adventures. I save as much as I can there. Um and uh, usually a tin of Altoids because when my pager goes off at three in the morning I don't brush my teeth before I run out of the house so um, morning breath in your mask tastes absolutely disgusting so I uh, overcome that. Uh, about 30 feet of bright orange duct tape wrapped around a like an old credit card which is you know nice and compact easy to carry um, a couple of Fox 40 whistles, a can of lighter fluid and a small Pelican flashlight. In my trunk I have three bags um, so you can see them all. You can see them all in that picture. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see my see my cursor here, but um, the bag kind of at the top or the middle right of the screen. That's my first aid kit. Kind of the bottom right of the screen is my uh, tool bag, and then there's a camo bag in the middle here that houses everything else that's that's on the tarp in the tarp. Um, so my first aid kit. Um, it's too much stuff to list individually, but it's broken down kind of from the from the top of the bag down to the, the bottom fold out in order of uh, in order of life safety priority. So for uh, for doing your march assessment, which is massive hemorrhage, airway, um, respiration, drawing a blank on that, and then hypothermia. Um, but mostly the massive hemorrhage, airway, respirations. Um, so my tourniquets, my my pressure dressings are at the top, and then airway. I've got a set of uh, oral pharyngeal airways. Uh, pocket mask and then moving down into the less uh, um, the less life-threatening things, the band-aids and roller gauze and minor wounds. And then um, I have uh, right at the bottom a couple of space blankets and some hand warmers, but uh, I was actually reading recently about how space blankets are fairly useless for people who have um, hypothermia related to uh, trauma. So um, I'm going to be changing that out at some point to uh, something called a blizzard system. Um, That actually comes through C Tom's and Eric, maybe we can dock after the show, but whether you have access to that Um, and then in my duffel bag. So that's that, uh, that um, bag in the middle there have a whole bunch of goodies starts with um, rain suit. So I've got um, splash pants and a raincoat, like a shell um, that's about two sizes too big for me. So I can, uh, I can layer well under it, Um, have a little, um, bag uh like a collapsed um pressure bag that i can pack down really nice and nice and compact with um a couple of thermal layers some polypropylene base layers uh, a couple of pairs of gloves hats lots of socks things to keep me dry and warm um Nice big flannel blanket, which frankly gets used more often at the uh, at the arena during hockey season than anywhere else. A couple of space blankets again, some hand warmers because those make the world go around. I uh, have a cook kit, which is a single burner propane stove, has a one pound propane tank. Uh, a couple of bottles of water always live in there. A uh, mess kit that has some oatmeal packs, some um, chicken soup packets, uh, lots of condiments and things to make it tasty. There's always a bag of um, trail mix in there. Uh, coffee, coffee and tea pack, so I can make as much uh, uh, as much coffee and tea as I can drink for a couple of days. Um, a life straw, so I can make there be drinkable water if need be. Uh, I'll upgrade that to a Sawyer system at some point. But again, I'm you know doing things in stages. I have, I always have a collapsible bow saw. I actually, used that this weekend just because you should always test your gear. Uh, f- decent sized fixed blade knife. It's I wouldn't quite call it a machete, but um, I found that on Gun Nuts for twenty bucks a few years ago, and it's uh, it's done me well. It's good for you know batoning wood down. A uh, little collapsible shovel, uh, roll of teepee because poo paper is always necessary. Um, one of the things that I break out separately in another little bag is a uh, is just kind of an every night an everyday overnight kit. So it's just a you know an extra shirt, a pair of socks. Change of underwear and a shave kit, just so that I can, if I get stuck in town and it's in bad weather, uh, I can not be wearing the same clothes that I'm wearing today. Um, pair of an old pair of original SWAT boots. They're waterproof. They're nice and tall. They're fairly well insulated. Um, they're not uh, they're not new, but they're comfortable and they will get me home if I'm wearing dress shoes or something else that's not necessarily appropriate for walking. For my specific car kit, I have a 20 foot toe strap, a uh, a plug-in inflator and a tire patch kit and a little 75-watt inverter. I've never used the inverter because just about everything I have runs off a 12-volt system, but um, it's there just in case. Um, and that's that's the stuff that lives kind of in my car. And then I have a, uh, a lunch bag that goes with me every time that has a few more little odds and sides. That's where my multi-tool lives, and I always have like two days' worth of food in it, um, another bottle of water, a few things like that. So that's that's what gets me through my day. And that's all I have to say about that. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> is <That's>, that it? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> some big pockets. Big pockets. <laughs> <laughs> my ca- my car is one big is one big EDC. <laughs> hey, fair enough. the car is with you all the time, right? Well, that that's it. And then in and then in my car, that you know lives inside the car but outside the bag. I also keep a jug of washer fluid, uh, and of course a spare tire and the ability to change that change that yeah. tire. That's good. That's a that's a lot of stuff. But my toolbox has all kinds of uh, all kinds of lock tools. Because that's I mean that's what I use. I wonder why (laughs) the ability to open doors. (laughs) I'm sure will will come in handy at some point through the through uh through the emergency the emergency circumstances that we're
0: in. Oh, very nice. Um, For myself, uh, pocket wise, my pockets are not nearly as large, Uh, (laughs) but I will carry the Smith and Wesson knife here. I don't know if you can see it on the camera. But uh, this has been with me for at least, well, I've carried this at least 12, 13 years now. But um, it has a little seatbelt cutter on it. It's got the window punch. Very effective at uh, smashing windows out and cutting seatbelts. Uh, and then it's got a standard blade as well. But great, great tool to, to carry around. Uh, I will also carry this in my pocket. So I think I talked about this on uh, previous episodes. So uh, this is just a, a little Olight. Um runs on a AAA battery, it's, for the most part, it's been alright, the only thing that gets me with it is the the tail cap here, when I have it in my pocket, the way I sit, it sometimes activates it, and I'll go to take it out of my pocket at night, and it's been on all day, which obviously burns the uh, the battery out, so I gotta figure out a different way to carry it, because having it in my, uh, my right pocket just seems to always activate the tail cap, but it is what it is, I'll figure something out there. Um, Again, I'm always carrying my wallet as well. Uh, and in my wallet, I've got debit card and some cash, uh, credit card as well. Um, ID, which is obviously always important to have with you. Uh, but also, uh, I carry one of these. So it's just a little multi-tool. And you can get them. Like this one just happens to have Rapid Survival logo on it. So a little sh- uh, shameless self-promotion there. But you can get them from any manufacturer who makes them. Uh, and you know it's got a little bottle cap opener and a few little, like, little screwdrivers and stuff. So it's come in handy a couple of times. Um, so I carry that in the wallet as well. Um, and of course, uh, I think everybody on the panel is going to mention the fact that they carry a cell phone. Uh, of course, they're very useful in the times where when the cell network's working. Why not utilize it, right? Because it's, it's going to be useful to have, so uh, I've always got that in my pocket, and um, I also have a, a backpack that uh, I carry all the time with me for work, so in that, I carry this little guy on the side, so I've got some mollywebbing on the side of the backpack, so this is a little IFAC, and uh, in it, has got the, the tourniquet, and then I've got uh, just a Israeli bandage, and then it's just a set of gloves. And I usually have a bottle of Advil in there as well. If the boss is annoying that day, I can just pop out the Advil and you know
2: get rid of the headache. Um, Your tourniquet is also hugely effective for that. Wrap around the uh, wrap around the neck and tighten until they stop being annoying. The boss,
0: <laughs> the boss, or me, whatever. <laughs> Uh, so that's always in my backpack and that backpacks with me all the time when I'm when I'm at work. So I always carry that with me um, and then I'll, I'll go a little bit into my vehicle kit as well. Um, so my, my vehicle kit is set up so that I can transport it between either my work vehicle or my my regular vehicle, depending on what I'm doing for the day. Um, so probably 90 percent of the time it's my work vehicle. Uh, but it, uh, it's got things like I've got a bas- battery uh, booster pack in there. So it's a, a genius uh, GB40. So it'll boost my work vehicle. It'll boost my uh, my pickup truck, no problem. If uh, if I'm out and about and I have to boost somebody else as well, I can get about three or four boosts out of it uh, before I've just plugged it back in. it probably go longer than that, but I've, I've only done about two or three um, before plugging it back in. I've uh, got little individual water packs, so they're just sealed pouches. They, they can sit in there in the wintertime too. They'll freeze up, they'll expand, uh, but they won't burst. So at least I've got some water if I need it. Uh, pen and pencil, pad of paper. Um, I've always got at least my, uh, my little Baofang UV82. Uh, the odd time, I'll carry one of my digital radios with me, but at minimum, I've got the little Baofang with me. And then I keep paper copies of local ham repeaters um, and all the stations set up across Ontario. Um, also, on my cell phone, I've got an app called Repeater Book, so if the cell phone's operational, why not use it? And it'll actually, based on my GPS location, give me the list of the closest, I think it's five or ten uh, ham radio repeaters, and their frequencies and all the, uh, the, like the tones and the codes that you need to get into them. So it's, uh, it's quite handy to have if I'm somewhere I'm not familiar with. At least I can get on the local repeaters if I need to. Um, of course, seasonal appropriate clothing. Um, So I haven't swapped my stuff out yet. So I've still got uh, like a pair of ski pants and like a good heavy sweater and some gloves and such. So (laughs) it's going to be next weekend's project to swap out and do uh, a more spring, summer type of stuff. Uh, I carry a couple of lighters. So I've got a couple of just Bic, uh, like little handheld Bic lighters. I've also got um, one of the lighters with a bigger, longer extendable tube on it. So if I have to kind of get in somewhere else with it, I can. Um, I've got an IFAC um, that I carry on the headrest. Uh, and that is also designed that it can be moved back and forth between the work vehicle and, uh, and my personal vehicle. So if I'm picking the personal vehicle somewhere, I'll, I'll flip it over to the, the headrest of my pickup truck versus my work car. Um, in that, it's got uh, two tourniquets on the side. Uh, it's got fox seal. So this here, in case I come across something that needs uh, a gaping chest wound of some sort. Uh, Israeli bandage. Again, a couple of sets of uh, gloves. Uh, compressed gauze. So I've got... Uh, the CELOX stuff here and I've got uh, a couple packs of this. I found this was kind of handy to have it's uh, compressed gauze so it's just a little packet of gauze but it's uh, compressed right down so it doesn't take up a lot of room like you you might have with some other types of gauze so that was kind of handy to have and it's kind of the quick rundown of what I carry. Um, Of course it's constantly changing. That's some of the fun stuff with this everyday carry stuff is today that could be what you're carrying and tomorrow you can completely switch it up depending on your situation or if you find something cool to add to your, your list but That's the the basics of what's in my stuff, anyways.
4: Nice. Yeah, I'll take you guys through my uh, EDC. I've kind of got it laid out in order, I guess, what would be most likely to find me carrying. Um, Regardless, I'm always going to be leaving the house with my smartphone. I'm going to always have my wallet, and I'm going to always have a set of keys for whatever vehicle I'm driving. Um, Inside the wallet, I'm going to have relevant IDs, uh, any CCW permits, any credit cards, debit cards, insurance cards, those sorts of things. Uh, Also good to have cash. I would say bare minimum, have enough cash to fill up your gas tank. So you're looking at like 30, 40 bucks, maybe Um, more is always merrier, but I would say at a minimum that that's like Um, 600 Canadian guys. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be my standard EDC. If I'm wearing shorts, even if I'm going to the beach, going to the river for swim, tube, kayak, Uh, I'm going to make sure I've always got those three items. Um, Next, I'm going to have either a ball cap or kind of like a wool hat, depending on the season. And then I'm also going to always have a pair of sunglasses. I can't even see outside without sunglasses anymore. I think my eyes have gotten so sensitive. Um, So those are going to be the items that I always have on me. Um, Most days I'm typically wearing blue jeans or uh, I really like the Duluth Trading Co. kind of like the cargo pants. Um, So most of the times I'm wearing those. So I've got some extra (laughs) pockets uh, to work with. And these types of pants also usually force you into wearing a belt. Um, So if you're listening in from the states, that's going to make it a lot easier to conceal carry a firearm. Um, If you are from the United States, uh, research your state laws regarding CCW permits. Um, So that's going to be kind of the next item I carry. I usually have my Springfield XD uh, Mod 2 9mm. And then uh, that comes with a 17-round magazine. And then I usually keep two more magazines in my uh, kind of my get-home bag or in the car. Um, also, going to have a decent inside the waistband holster as well. Deep rubbing it in. Yeah, yeah, just keep showing off. Hey, That's I'm gonna keeping up
1: keepin with the YouTube strike we just got.
4: I'm keeping it. Yes. Now <laughs> you guys can black that out. That was my two magazines. Black that part out. Um. let's see what else yeah, it's live oh is it oh yeah that's true sorry guys
0: <laughs> um, streamlight watch for at least 33 minutes first
4: streamlight stylus pro pen um, like probably everybody else on the panel they carry a little pen light these are nice you can get them at uh, Cabela's they're about 20 bucks um, these are the flashlights I really like just because they're pretty affordable uh, next thing I'm going to be carrying is a folding knife uh, I just carry a cheapo this is a Sheffield i uh, get them right at Fleet Farm. They're about 20 bucks, but same thing. It's got the little window breaker and the seatbelt cutter, which works great for cutting baling twine. Um, and then also a Leatherman tool. Multi-tool is going to be very handy. Uh, this is a rebarb. Um, they're all pretty nice. Leatherman's good quality. Uh, along with that, also going to carry just a simple Bic lighter. Can't beat that for the weight and the price. I uh, usually have a tube of homemade chapstick, so this is made with just beeswax and coconut oil. Um, also works well for burns or mosquito bites, things like that. I uh, usually have a pack of gum. Um, a lot of times I'll carry a pen. Um, spare change. I uh, usually try to keep at least like a dollar or two and quarters in case I need to pay at a parking meter. Uh, use a payphone, which they don't really exist anymore it seems like, But uh, or get something from the vending machine, snack, bottle of water, something like that. And then lately, of course, like everyone else, probably carrying a little bit of uh, hand sanitizer around. And then uh, I can refill that myself now. But um, So that's going to be kind of my EDC at work or around town. Um, if I'm going into the woods, I'm going to go ahead and add a fixed blade. So I've got just the uh, seal strike. Um, it's been a good knife. I guess I don't really know what else to say about that. And then I uh, usually throw in a pack of little flushable wipes sure you guys can use your imagination on what those are for, but uh, that's what I'd probably add on my, on my pants or in my pockets if I'm going out into the woods. Uh, along with everyone else, I also keep a get-home bag in my daily driver car. Uh, this doubles nicely as a camping or hiking backpack. Um, this is also going to serve basically as my bug-out bag in the unlikely scenario that I actually decide to bug out. Um, this bag is well-stocked with quality components, and I'm able to kind of tailor my EDC based on what I'm doing. Um, out of right out of the backpack, so it's always there. I know all my good supplies are kind of in there. I know where to find them quick and easy. Um, each of the vehicles has a basic emergency kit with tow straps, jumper cables, hand tools, blanket, food, water, that sorts of thing. And then uh, just another tip with EDC, so something that I like to do, I, I kind of call it. I keep my pants loaded, so I keep everything in the pockets. Uh, keep the belt strung through the loops. Everything's there. Usually, I'll pull my firearm out when I get home, put that in the nightstand drawer or wherever I store it, and then. Uh, Everything else just gets hung on the in the walk-in closet there or whatever. Um, so if that doesn't work for you, find uh, like a box as you walk in the door to drop everything in, or the nightstand drawer uh, next to your bed. But just know where you actually keep your EDC items so you can get them quick. Uh, the reason I leave them kind of loaded in my pants is if there's a fire, or if I need to run outside quick, I can slip on my pants and I know everything is there, ready to go, and I can basically run out the door in just a few seconds. So.
2: I'm sure Hughes is a lot like me, where because of the uh, because of the need to run is uh, is pretty rattle- is pretty um, common. Same thing. I've got uh, you know, the the clothes that I, the clothes that I plan to run out the door and have all the stuff I need to just load and go at two in the morning and off we off we run for a few hours.
3: Yeah, I've got I've got kind of the same thing where um I, I wear fire department gear to fire department calls because if I damage my own gear they're not going to replace it. Um but I typically have my fire department gear in the garage just ready right ready to go so I can run downstairs if I get a call and then, I mean I am to be out of the house within about 30 to 45 seconds. Um and basically it's just a matter of putting on those pants to shirt. Um I do keep some gear within the the pants it's not the typical edc that i have so maybe with that tyler if you were done i'll kind of go into my edc i guess yeah Um, please do so I got started uh, I got started with prepping with EDC. That's where it all started. Um, and then from there, I kind of moved into what people did to be prepared for longer-term stuff other than what you carried on yourself every day. So for me, it was kind of like an evolution of like trying to stuff as many things as I could in my pockets to be as prepared for anything that I could to moving to more of a minimalist approach. So for the last two or three years now, I carry about... 200 to 250 dollars in cash, which, um, like Tyler pointed out, um, it's good to. I can fill up my tank um, of fuel in my truck if I had to. Um, I can I can buy some supplies or food or anything like that. Um, I've got a minimalist wallet that only has my driver's license, my fire ID, and three credit cards. Um, I've got a Sog Flash 2 assisted open knife, um, so it's not it's not a an illegal knife here in Canada. It's 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 assisted open. Um, I wish I had it here so I could show you guys, but I don't. The <laughs> Um, I typically carry a Leatherman Skeletool, uh, which is a really minimalist um, multi-tool. Um, and the reason I like it is because it's it's not on the bulky side, and it still has everything that I need um, to get the job done. Um, one thing about it too is that it's got a multitude of uh, bits for the screwdriver, uh, which I keep in my truck. So if I know I'm going to be using it, I'll take those bits with me. Um, I keep a I've I've got quite a few flashlights. I've got some Phoenix, uh, some O lights. Um, the one that I carry with me now, I don't know the exact model, but it's a um, it's a Phoenix that has a 14,500 uh, lithium battery. And the reason I like it is because the 14,500 obviously is a rechargeable uh, battery. It's a high output, high power. But if uh, the battery dies, I can actually put a AA in there um, and it's just, just it's gonna work just as fine. It's just that the output of light is is actually cut in half. So instead of being like 500 lumens, I think the max is like 250 if you're using a standard AA uh, battery. Um, other than that, I keep my truck key, which has a speed pass uh, for fuel on it. So if I lose my wallet, I can still get fuel with the speed pass um, glasses and sunglasses as well. And then on my YouTube channel, some of the first videos that I made were um, about what I keep in my truck. So I've got um, I've got a Dodge Ram truck that has a Ram boxes, so that cargo management system that goes on either side of the bed. Um, and I don't think I would buy a truck without it because both of those are loaded down with tools, uh, recovery straps for state kits, uh, booster pack, fire extinguisher. Um, anyways, I made like a half hour video of everything that's in the truck, so I'm not going to go over it now, but um everything that i everything that I could possibly need i've thought out over the past over the past five or six years are in that truck along with a get home bag um being that I live in a rural area I'm not gonna walk anywhere I'm taking a truck right um there's the odd time where if the family and I are going out we're gonna take the wife's uh, minivan but um, there is an emergency kit in there it's just not as 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 uh, complex as the one that I've got in the truck. Uh, but otherwise, that's it. I've taken more of a minimalist approach um, because I found that over the course of the last few years, a lot of the stuff that I had on me that I never used, um, I kind of got rid of it and kind of went to just, you know, Less is better in a sense that I'm not carrying a whole lot of gear all the time, especially when I'm not using it often, right? Um, now, I didn't get rid of that stuff. It's in the truck. So again, if I go so- somewhere, the truck is going with, with me, so that gear is still with me. It's just not on my person at all times. Um, and that's kind of the approach that I have, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a good point to kind of evaluate what you're carrying and, and always evaluate it every once in a while to make sure that you're not carrying stuff that you, you're you not really going to use,
3: right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, the first thing that I I noticed is that I bought a Phoenix flashlight, which was like a 1000 lumen, it had like an 18650 battery, the thing was just amazingly bright, but it was amazingly big and carrying that in your pocket all the time, like I felt it there, I would sit down and I know that it's there, it was annoying, I said, you know what, I've got to go to something that is obviously going to be not as powerful, but it's a compromise between portability and, and use and the usability of the item right which yeah. is why i mean i keep that that phoenix 18650 flashlight in my truck now which is great because it's a thousand lewin handheld light but i want to something smaller to carry in my pocket so that it doesn't imprint um on my pants it's not like i carry a handgun or anything unfortunately because we live in canada but i don't want that bulging flashlight in my pants either right yeah. so
0: the jokes that could be made right yeah, now. Yeah, bolt you know,
3: right? <laughs> it's not like I carry a Kiri banana on me, guys. Like, yeah.
2: is that a fire extinguisher in your pocket or you just have to see this? <laughs>
5: and you'd oh, have more you friends if you put it in your front pocket as opposed to your back pocket, right? <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> and this is where we just made a wrong turn. <laughs>
5: yeah. Call him what do you got? Okay. Um I usually don't carry a whole lot on my person uh, when I'm traveling out and about because I usually have a day bag and I have, uh, you know, my truck as well. And there's a lot of duplicity between what's in my bag, what's in my truck. It's just uh, some of the items are perhaps bigger and heavier that go in my truck that might go in my bag. But, you know, on my person, I have a uh, minimalist wallet. Uh, this one here is by uh, M Mgear. And uh, it's carbon fiber, and it got a few features on it. It's got a clip on one side for cash, and, uh, you know, it just holds a minimum amount of cards. But I've found, actually, now that I've started using this, that my big, fat wallet that does nothing but collect receipts and has no money in it, um, you know, it's, it's great to have this. That wallet, I could still put it in the console of my truck. I still have all my other cards that I don't use all the time, but I do need them once in a while. Um, I usually have a flashlight in my pocket. This one's got some duct tape wrapped around it because you never know when you need some duct tape. Um, In terms of a uh, multi-tool, I have one of these uh, Leatherman MUTs. They come in different configurations, but for myself being a firearms enthusiast, I love this one because this one's geared actually towards an AR-15. It has a carbon scraping tool on it that's brass and it shouldn't damage any metal. It has uh, threaded holes in here, which uh, work with standardized NATO cleaning rods. It has a punch here. That's actually specific to the AR-15. You punch out your uh, trigger components and parts and stuff like that. So that's pretty handy. And uh, just all the other stuff on it is great. Here's something else. It also comes with this uh, wrench on the back, which is perfect for um, a lot of the, uh, you know, here's a a Vortex scope, and that wrench works perfectly for cranking down my scope if it gets a little bit loose, as well as uh, there's some Torx wrenches and stuff on the tool itself that are designed for a lot of... uh, um, like scope rings and stuff like that, it's the right size for it. So in terms of an everyday uh, carry tool, I like this because I'm always usually uh, out with my firearm or out shooting or, you know, stuff like that. Um, in terms of uh, cash, I usually carry a, a little bit of cash. I got a, a thousand bucks that I'll usually get you through almost anything. And uh, in terms of light, I do have a uh, Phoenix PD35. Uh, I love this light. It's great. It's a very focused beam. You can see that right here. Very focused, 1,000 lumens. And um, it does use an 18650 battery. I'll show you quick. An 18650 battery is essentially like a CR123, but put into one battery. This would be like two CR123s. And it's rechargeable. I like it. The only thing I don't like about this light is the fact that uh, when it's on, it can it can get very, very hot. So if you do have it in your pocket and it goes on accidentally, you'll know in a minute or two because your pants will be basically on fire, which has happened to me a few times. So what I do is I just take the tail cap and I give it a quarter twist. And then it doesn't work until I I'm ready to crank it on. Uh, so the other your thing, pants
2: are on fire because Hughes has his flashlight in his front pocket too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly.
5: Right. <laughs> and the other thing that uh, I tell everyone, uh, I was telling this to uh, my fiance, I tell it to my daughters, if you're going to carry one item, one item that is probably one of the best passive aggressive, uh, non-lethal weapons, it'd be a bright light. Like, you know, shining that in someone's face and they can't see You, basically rendered them, uh, you know, unable to cause a whole lot of harm on you if they can't even see you. Um, I've diffused a lot of situations. I mean, working at bars or even uh, kids goofing around across the street, causing a ruckus, you know, just shining a light on someone. And uh, uh, you've you've bought yourself some time
0: to move too.
5: Yeah, it it pacifies people, uh, especially uh, people who are impaired. Uh, quite a bit You you shine a bright light in their face and they're they're no longer aggressive anymore right they have to just slow right down because not only are they perhaps impaired but now they can't see so this is my number one pick for um for if you had to defend yourself and you know you could also it's a tough light if you if you had to strike someone with it i wouldn't you know, suggest doing that unless it was absolutely necessary. But if you had to, you could. So uh, those are just a few of the items that I carry. And of course, I always have my uh, prescription glasses that are also, uh, you know, good uh, when I go to the range and stuff. Of course, in my bag, I carry a 511 bag and a lot of the same items are in my bag that are um, perhaps in my truck, you know. I carry my medications. I'm diabetic, so I'll carry my meds in my bag. You know, uh, another item, uh, a battery to charge up my electronics is handy. I don't know about you guys, but I always have a laser rangefinder because I'm always uh, about the range. You never I know when you have to send it, right? That's right. I have a, a monocular. This one has... Um, MRAD reticle pattern in it, so I can actually uh, use it to help me judge distance as well. Um, but that's a topic for another day. I usually carry some sharpening equipment. I have uh, DMT stone, diamond stone. I like this co kit. You can sharpen just about anything with it. And being a bit of a knife nerd, I also have a strop block that I got from... Uh, um, Hope you all go bushcraft. Uh, If you're not familiar with them, check them out on Instagram. And I have some uh, polishing compound on there so I can put a nice razor edge on any knife pretty much. Uh, I usually carry a 10 round mag at least. Um, Some two-two-three ammo. Uh, Let's see what's up here. GPS, like a wrist mounted one. Oh, headlamp. Why? Because nothing's more frustrating than trying to see in the dark when you're trying to change a tire in your car. No, this is hands-free, right? Pretty handy. Oh, You know, I usually, uh, Like, I live out of this bag, basically. So if I uh, go to Tracy's for the weekend, I got clothes in here. I have uh, what I call snivel kit. In other words, uh, you know, like a toque, gloves. Uh, I usually carry a schmog as well. Because it not only makes a great scarf, but I've found from my trips to Cuba that being fair-skinned, that after a few days of baking to death in the sun... Sometimes it's great to have this around. I mean, I can, um, on a hot day, I can put it in some cold water and roll it up and throw it around my neck, and just having that around my neck and cool me off. And if I'm really, really sunburnt, I can, you know, use it to cover my head, my neck, stuff like that. Also, it's uh, great. You can wrap things in it. You can carry stuff with it. You can use it for filtering water. Uh, This is just another that I think everyone should have in their bag. Um, I usually always have something that wasn't mentioned, but I usually always have uh, eye drops in my bag because you never know you're out on the range or you're out at the beach or anything. You get a little bit of sand in your eye or anything and then that makes for a bad day, right? Of course uh you know all the usual items toilet paper uh stuff like that um but like i say everything i usually have in my bag i usually have the same things in my truck i have the same things at home it's just through experience through using a, a bag every day to carry my meds around and to travel back and forth to see tracy and you know uh you know moving my daughter's furniture with the truck you know, I got cargo straps in my truck. I have a blanket, you know, to protect uh, my truck window or something. I've, I got things pushed up against that. I have some basic tools in my truck. I have a first aid kit in my truck. I also carry one in my bag. Um, Cause you know, uh, those are gotta have items. Another uh, thing I like to carry in my bag is uh, Teflon tape, uh, electrical tape, uh, zip ties are another great thing. Of course, paracord helped win the second world war and a quick story about paracord um i had a dodge caravan i'll never own one ever again i hate it but i had one for a number of years and i had a fan belt blue on me so it was gold minus 40 and i was stuck and i was able to actually take some paracord take the guts out of it and uh tie it around my fan belt and it actually got me to the garage so yay for paracord but uh yeah i think that's about it but just basically on me if i had a multi-tool a flashlight and a very minimalist wallet as well as i'm always carrying around my bao fang so i can listen to uh weather channels the local uh, fm station or just listen to the police scanner because i like to hear what's going on, uh, you know, in some police frequencies. I like to know what's going on in my community. Most people watch television. I like to listen to the scanner while I'm reloading and find it relaxing.
0: It's always handy to have one of those fangs kicking around.
5: It is. It is. I, right. I have, I think, four of them, yeah. I've got at least four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe more.
1: Maybe a few more. Yeah, well, at least. <laughs> I, I'm going against the grain. I uh, I'm gonna be the, the shortest event ever. Like I I, I don't think want well, to think I'm like overcomplicating and being a teenager here, but like I've got stuff. <laughs> 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 okay, so if you will allow me to spurge out for a moment here on the knives, it uh, looks like Eric and I are knife twins. Look at that! Oh, it's, look at that! It's the Smith and Wesson Extreme Ops, is what you had, Eric. It's um, as seen in the movie End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. But uh, <laughs> in, a, in a completely unrelated note. Uh, actually, I liked it, too, because of all the features you mentioned. That was my go-to carry knife for the longest time. But I always found that a lot of people got all intimidated when they saw something black and scary. It's like black rifles. You know, oh, my God, it opens fast. Ah. So uh, what I ended up doing is um, I went into a, a series of knives, uh, knives, depending on what I was doing. So, of course, around the farm, my last birthday present we talked about in the podcast, around the farm, it's always the fixed blade. For everything from cutting open hay bales to feed bags to whatever. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to have a solid fixed blade. I actually had to break myself out of a chicken coop once. Embarrassing story. Uh, <laughs> everyday uh, carry now is more of a uh, subdued knife. It's, uh, it doesn't look so scary when it opens, but it's like a thicker blade, a little tougher. And it's just a zero tolerance knife. Um, but then when I go out in town and get all fancy, and uh, you want to, you know, if you're around people that are all about the show, you want to make sure you have something that's a, a little more classic lines. And so yeah, I always depend, uh, depending on who I'm around, is what I wear. So uh, I kind of adjust my EDC as we go. So, knife being the number one thing for everybody to carry, I think. Um, always should. It's like the most useful tool I've ever invented. Flashlights, I want the extreme opposite of you guys. I went with the Made in China dollar specials. Uh, I think I mentioned these on my $500 to prep episode. Yep. So, these uh, both take a single AA uh, battery. Uh, this one's kind of neat in the fact that it has the side light as well as the end light. And depending on how many clicks you click the button on, it'll either display all or one or, you know, just the one on the side or whatever. So for changing a tire, you can just stand it up and it'll, you know, shine a big, uh, kind of a banner light against the uh, tire. Uh, The reason I do that is because I'm cheap, which is part of the problem. But also the fact is that... I'm working around here on the farm. I mean, if something breaks, I don't care. I just toss it and grab another one because there's always something getting smashed and destroyed around here. And I just, I, it would break my heart to see a nice Pelican light or an O light getting broken. So I do have a fancy O light in my work bag that I, I take to work. And which brings me to my next point, I guess. So depending on where I'm going and, and what I have around me, I tend to do what uh, I guess you guys all kind of did a combo of. My EDC basically gets dispersed around what I'm driving around in. So if I'm driving around on a farm quad, the back of the quad has a bunch of stuff. You know, the the truck has everything from a first aid kit to, you know, spare tire stuff to everything else. Always got cash on me. We talked about our EDC there in another previous episode about the traveling EDC. And so for work, I'm always traveling. And so I've got everything from a first aid kit to paracord to cash to everything always with me on the road. Um, And then the other thing that's kind of different from the rest of you guys is uh, to assuage my paranoia a little bit. My wallet is a copper lined one that takes out the RFID aspect of most IDs. I've got
0: that when I'm traveling.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause, um, uh, you know, you never know if somebody's like, gonna, not just for the paranoia aspect, but I mean, there is somebody that can come along with a uh, credit card scanner and, you know, scan your credit card and, and do some identity theft on you. That's a problem. And I'm always in some shady, di- shitty areas with work. So yeah, it's, uh, it's proven itself. It's big enough to carry everything I need with me on the go. And of course, a pal is always something you want to have on you. I think that's one thing we didn't mention. Um, not just for ID during elections, but also in case it For you don't want to forget it when you go to the range. It um, is fun to use it
0: as ID during an election, though.
1: Yeah, it triggers some people literally. <laughs> it Sure does. So, so, really, other than actually on my pocket EDC, it's basically wallet knife flashlight, and uh, you know maybe operation specific stuff. But I really kind of do ultra minimalist on my person because usually I've got stuff squirreled away everywhere on the vehicles or whatever. So, honestly, mine's got to be the shortest entry ever.
2: No wrong with works. that. It works. One quick note about those um, those Smith and Wesson knives, guys. Make sure you've actually tried them uh, with the window breaker and the seatbelt cutter, because uh, oh, yeah. there is there is nothing more embarrassing than having something like that and not being able to use it. Um, first time I ever tried to cut a seatbelt, I tried to go straight across, and that doesn't work well. So uh, mm-hmm. just get, the, get the technique down. Um, you
1: know, yeah. The best thing to do is, uh, with that go to the junkyard.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say, go to the junkyard <laughs> <to> junk <laughs> and uh, uh, you can cut a, cut a few seatbelts, break a few windows and uh, just get, you know, be intimately familiar with your gear before you, uh, before you rely on it. See the, the edge I, of mine, it's
0: it smashed a few windows in its day.
1: Yeah, no, like, I, uh, I, I, I you know, got the big gun, leather gloves going to make sure I didn't slice myself open when I was doing it because so I want to get the technique down, like you said. So back when I was living in Ontario, I went to the local junkyard and I told him what I was going to do. And I said, listen, do you want me to like shell out for something? He goes, oh, half the windows are broken. Anyways, go, cool. let's let's a couple more. <laughs> and uh, he says he can't sell the seat belts half the time. So he says just I prefer if you get the back ones rather than the front ones because they don't get worn out as fast. And right. he says, yeah, go ahead. So I, I gave him 30 bucks at the end of the day because I was there for some other parts anyways. And uh, yeah, he was happy. I was happy. So it's it's a good place to do it.
0: But that is a good a good thing. Like we keep uh, we keep preaching this in almost every episode. We talk about gear to just practice with it, use it, and get used to using it in a non-emergent type of situation where you've you've got time to think and you know figure out how things work. Because if it's uh, if it's crunch time and you're trying to figure out how it works, well, that's that's not time to figure out how it works. In,
2: in times work to, in times of stress, we don't rise to our expectations; we fall to our level of training. So yep. if, uh, if your level of training is below your expectations, then you're going to have an undesirable outcome.
1: Or fight like you train, train like you fight, something like that.
2: Got yeah. It. Train, hard, train harder than the fight.
1: It's also important
5: that uh, people realize that if you do have to break a window, it's best to break it in one of the corners rather than going for the center of the window. Yep.
3: <laughs> One thing too, if you guys, uh, this is something I learned in the fire department. If you don't have a window punch, um, you can unscrew the antenna on a vehicle as long as it has that little ball at the end. And you basically, like Colin said, you would, uh, you'd hit the corner of the window, but you basically whip the antenna back, and then that'll smash the window pretty, pretty easily too. Um, I've had guys in the fire department put gloves on and try to put their fist through it, and they do it a few times. I'm like, are you, are you done yet? Because we're gonna be bandaging up your, your, your hand here soon, right? So. It's pretty rare that you can bring it with your fist. Nope. So,
1: And I don't think you're able to stop your fist from going through the jagged glass fast enough to not slice yourself up. All right. Is that too? <laughs>
3: not to I just wanted to joke. mention too, uh, I've got the same flashlight as Colin. Colin, you mentioned the PD TAC 85 um, That's the first light I bought like five years ago that I no longer carry because it's just too big, too bulky. Um, I've had it accident- accidentally turn on on me. Um, I know there's a side switch that you can reduce uh, the power setting, but I always keep it on the, the, the highest, and the number of times I've had it turn on on me, um, and then you're like, what's what's going on here? Oh, the flashlight's on, right? So anyways, that's I, I love the flashlight. I still have it in my truck. Um, I've had it for four or five years now, um, but it's just way too big.
5: So... Yeah, the whole pocket thing, that's why I just give it a quarter twist.
3: That makes yeah. sense. I've never tried that, or I've never th- or I thought about that, so that's
0: awesome. I'm going to try that uh, with the little O light and see if that uh, takes care of the problem I've been having. Probably will.
5: Yeah. Maybe. Well, I only learned that after setting my pants on fire a couple times just about, <laughs> so they do get yeah. hot.
0: I'll give it a whirl. I'll let you know if it works out. Uh, anybody on the panel have anything else to add in? Any last second submissions for EDC? All right. Let's move into the podcast challenge.
1: All righty. So uh, get three things added to your EDC, especially in the current crisis, and let us know what you added. Uh, also, a bonus just came up this week uh, between the chat groups here is uh, there's an online ham course being offered. So if you have some self-isolation time and you want to make the best of it, take the online ham course, get your ham license. I think it's 50 bucks.
0: Yeah, it's uh, 50 bucks for uh, if you're doing your basic uh, ham operators. Uh, if you've already got your basic and you're looking to uh, upgrade to your advance, they are doing that as well. But uh, they ask that you join uh, the Radio Amateurs Club of Canada. I think it's about a $100 fee for the year. And then they put that course on free for members. So
2: I'm signed up. Yeah, so uh,
1: Yeah, we're going to put a link to that in the show notes or something.
0: Yeah, I'll get a link uh, tossed in for that. Uh, They're also working on a way to be able to administer the examination for your license uh, remotely via Internet as well. Uh, Because right now, the way it's written is you actually have to attend somewhere, either um, an Industry Canada uh, office or an accredited examiner. Um, So they're working on a way to actually be able to do it online so that you can properly social distance and still get your ham license. So that'll be good. And we'll uh, move into some upcoming events.
1: All right, so we got the Podcaster Charity Shoot. So far, hasn't been canceled yet. Hosted by Slamfire Radio, uh, that's going to be on July fourth, twenty twenty, in Belmoral, New Brunswick. That's at the Restigouche Gun Club. This year's charity choice is going to be the Rod Harquail Memorial Fund, and you can register on Practice Score to buy tickets. The link is in the show notes. Uh, actually, just a quick note of that: if it does get canceled, I was listening on Slamfire that they would just like you to at least register for the thing. And if, you, if it doesn't happen, you can just consider your registration, basically your contribution to the charity for the year anyways. It's only 25 bucks, and, you that's know, they'd like, they'd like you to at least sign up anyways, and even if it gets canceled, that's just the way it goes. But uh, we'll see what happens. So far, it's on the go.
2: And coming up a week of May 3rd is Emergency Preparedness Week, and we'll have all kinds of super nerdy stuff for that. Sure will.
0: Uh, so, uh, annual peppers meet has actually now officially been canceled, uh, due to COVID. So, uh, it is not happening this year. The, uh, the postings went up uh, about a week ago or so from the, uh, the event coordinator. So, uh, it's definitely canceled this year. There is some talk about maybe doing some online uh, sessions, but, uh, we'll see what happens there. If, uh, if that does get firmed up, we'll certainly let everybody know, uh, when, where and, and how to access those. But for now it's officially canceled for, uh, in person at least
3: and for tacom canada 2020 september 11th to 13th uh, the canadian pro gun podcasters network will be in attendance at tacom 2020 your favorite podcasters sisters will be on hand throughout the show so make sure you stop by a booth to meet your favorites and pick up some swag you can see the details in the show uh, sorry for the show at the ticket link uh, in the show notes as well
0: all right we'll move into some shout outs Uh, So for myself, just a quick shout out uh, to BJ. He uh, purchased a uh, shirt for um, us uh, a little while ago. And uh, for some strange reason, I didn't get a notification that the order had come in. So uh, apologies there, but it is in the mail heading your way now. So uh,
2: thanks for the support. Appreciate it. Everybody who's everybody has a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt. It's true.
1: All the cool kids are doing it. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got uh, a couple shout outs, one to my dad, who, um, uh, computers have never been my dad's big friend, but he wanted to give us a review, but didn't know how to do it. So I just said, I'll I'll just, I'll listen to it. You just tell me. And so I got a text from him saying that he really enjoys listening to the show and he's been listening now for a few months. So there you go. So shout out to dad. And uh, see your new listeners, Chris and Barb, they uh, moved to the area recently and they've uh, decided to start listening to the show. So appreciate that. And uh, as always to my Island Mentor, he's always there when I need him for uh, advice or whatever have you. So thanks again to him. Anybody else? Sure.
5: I'll give a shout out to uh, the CCFR. Uh, If you enjoy firearms in the firearm community and want to keep your firearms, I suggest uh, heading over to firearmrights.ca, check them out, uh, get a membership there your membership dollars uh, really stretch far and work towards our future in the firearms sports
1: and hunting. And actually, I forgot to mention that. They are offering the uh, free first season of Downrange TV on their website right now, are they not? Yes, so. they are,
5: actually. So it's a great way to pass the time. And uh, if you can't get to the range, you can do it vicariously
1: by watching everyone else. Yes, yeah, going like to binge watch something. There's an entire season of a TV show on their, on their website. See, might have to go crazy on that.
2: As soon as you've used up all your Netflix stuff, away you go. That's right. <laughs> I've I've been specifically out of contact with everybody, so I've got uh, nothing to, uh, no one to shout out this week. Fair enough.
1: Not even a Facebook fight or anything. I mean, I yeah. been,
2: wow. I don't Facebook. I don't Facebook for a reason. <laughs> 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 nothing things happen when I do. <laughs>
0: all right we'll we'll move into uh, itunes and email reviews then so for itunes we are up to 52 five stars we've got five four stars uh two three stars one two star and that one little guy still at one star keeping us honest so at uh at least there's still more five stars than there is one star so we're doing something right uh and then as far as email goes email has been fairly quiet since last episode but we did get a facebook message um A couple of episodes ago in uh, in regards to uh, night vision and just a little bit of feedback from that so I just wanted to wait until uh, we had Colin back on and a few others that uh, are able to talk about uh, night vision so I'll read that out and then we can uh, get some comments from the panel on it Uh, so it's a message from uh, Cody and he says uh, there's a lot more options for Canadian users Uh, one of the main things is uh, end-user agreements uh, import, uh, export is difficult, but not impossible. And once a uh, ITAR item is in Canada uh, with an end user agreement who bought it and from where you can prove uh, you're not a gang or a non-NATO military is filed, uh, you are legal to own that item. Uh, as well, there are uh, GENs to night vision as well. As Omni, a uh, generation is like uh, any other item that level of technology is. Uh, currently, we are at uh, Gen 3 plus Gen 4. Uh, Omni is when the item is manufactured, making it slightly better than just normal material uh, quality uh, advances. Uh, Omni 8 is current. Uh, As for colored add-ons, the only colored uh, Poet High G uh, is to have uh, digital, which is uh, just large camera lenses, letting it uh, in a lot of light to see the image better. Uh, you can get non-digital night vision in green or white, uh, which is slight blue in color, and add amber filter, uh, which would give an orange tint and helps with uh, prolonged use. Uh, and of course, another popular option among Canadian night vision users is the uh, "We can't shoot at night uh, until the, the words until the world ends." So uh, by then, who cares about ITAR? Yeah, fell upon I suppose. But um, any <coughs> any thoughts? And he sent some pictures in. I know I shared with you guys earlier in regards to some of his setup. So
5: I have been uh, looking for night vision for a while. So I've been uh, researching helmet mounted and uh, firearm mounted lights. I mean, um, you know, there's uses for each of those, Um, you know, hunting uh, pigs. Um, I think some people coyote hunt with thermal imagery and stuff like that. But there's a company, I believe they're called Psionics. And they come they have a digital night vision um binocular that you can mount on your helmet or on your rifle. And it also they have color capability and some of them even have Bluetooth so you can stream to other devices.
0: That's cool. You can get techie with them.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna try and get my hands on one and uh when I do will we'll do a show on it.
0: Nice. Yeah, so basically what I'm getting out of this is it's just a matter of having the proper paperwork to, uh, to import the items. And then as long as you've got the proper paperwork, you're, you're good to go. Is that kind of it or?
1: Yeah. I think as long as somebody gets paid and, and you fill enough paperwork, somebody's there, you know, the government's happy, right? You know, yeah, you gotta not. pay your tax on it. That's what they want. Uh, uh, that's the key. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we appreciate the, uh, the feedback there, Cody. And, um, yeah, if anybody wants to send some more feedback in, either a feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or uh, the more popular way right now seems to be on Facebook Messenger, so you can you can message in that way as well. Uh, and unless anybody from the panel has anything else to, to toss in, I'll do the outro.
1: Well, uh, Just a quick note, uh, ITAR has been relaxed as of, what, two weeks ago? It was like middle of March or something like that. They changed the ITAR rules. Now you can import, like, mortars, grenade launchers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty much whatever you want. Like, believe it or not, the... the, the the restrictions have got way out. When it used to be you couldn't even import like a uh, flash hider for your AR-15 without certain companies having certain export permits and stuff. And now they uh, they don't need export permits for a lot of stuff, and they moved it over to the Commerce Department versus the uh, uh, Customs, and it's changed quite a bit. So there'll be some interesting differences with that, I think, with price as well because it won't be as big of a deal to get stuff across the board. Good to know. Because yeah, the FRT also got published with uh, the Canadian government, and it's amazing what's non-restricted out there.
0: Ah, excellent.
1: Like if you want to buy an artillery piece or something for a couple million.
0: (laughs) So what you're saying is it's time to go shopping.
1: Yeah, that's right. All
0: right. Excellent. So if you want to help support the show. (laughs) All right. So with that, uh, I'll bring episode number 62 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Help? That's an help. Anyways, uh, please help us out and submit a review. Uh, it helps other people find us.
2: We do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab that gives you alerts when we're going live. If you want to contact me directly, you can find me at alan at That's Alan with one L. Or on Instagram at PPSWO.
0: Give me a disease.
3: There we go. Sorry, guys. Uh, and I can be reached at hfxprepper at gmail.com or hughes at prepperpodcast.ca and I have my own YouTube channel. Just search for HFX Prepper.
4: And if you got any questions or advice for me, uh, you can reach me at tyler at prepperpodcast.ca
1: Caller, where can we find
5: you? I'm on uh, Instagram as one 11 and I'm also on uh, Facebook and I also have the uh, public profile page for
1: uh, Veteran
5: veteran type uh, issues as well.
1: Roger, do you got an email there as well? For the Facebook? Uh, For the uh, veterans. Uh,
5: I usually just tell everyone to uh, search me online, uh, just uh, see see Saunders and there's two profiles. Uh, One's my personal profile and the other one's my veteran advocacy page. So cool.
1: All right, uh, you can reach me in directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. You can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast on iTunes and YouTube. Uh, we record on Monday evenings, same time, it's uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. There you can find us by uh, Government Waste and Society in General Trigger Masters.
0: All right, then you can uh, find me at uh, rapidsurvival.com on the live chat while you're uh, attempting to buy some Prepper gear that is mostly out of stock right now. Uh, I'm trying to restock. It's just a, a pain to find things. Uh, you can also reach me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, so thanks for joining us this evening, and until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe,
1: and keep
4: learning.